0: You just had two fabulous chapters read to you. I hope you followed every word. Isaiah 58 said that they seek me daily. They come delighting in me. But they aren't living it. And I am sick of their fasting, their praying, and their sacrifices. If you would live righteously, the prophet goes on to say, I'll open up light to you, prosperity, health, and all the blessings that were just read to you. You will call upon me, and I will say, here I am. Praise the Lord. You can be the restorer of breaches. You can turn your family, your family to the Lord. And then Second Peter chapter 3, a reminding of all the way through it. If we know these things, they ought to affect our lives. If we know these things, they should change the way we live, lest we be led away with the error of the wicked, who have no regard for the future, and the future is upon us. We are 2,000 years closer to it than Peter and Paul, and we ought to live accordingly. This sermon will be simple. It will be simple, but it should be sober. I want to read and comment briefly on some other passages of Scripture that say the same things that Isaiah 58 said and that 2 Peter 3 said, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the High King of Heaven, the King of Glory, does not accept lip service. He wants your heart and your life. And He will have the last laugh if you don't give it to Him. Let's begin at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we will be turning in our Bibles for a few minutes to hear words of warning to us. Luke chapter 12 and verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch they trod one upon another, He began to say unto His disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The Lord Jesus Christ, the King of heaven that we worship, that we heard about this morning, expects a life from us without hypocrisy. And He calls hypocrisy leaven because leaven is a former, older word for yeast, which corrupts and infects a much larger lump than it is. Hypocrisy will destroy your profession, and it destroyed the profession of the Pharisees, though they knew the Scriptures, though they did many things right. They were hypocrites, and Jesus warned against hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is giving lip service and not having our hearts involved in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew 15. Matthew 15 verses 7 and 8. Matthew 15:7. Ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, And honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. There is the sober warning of the King of glory. I never sought nor bought or did anything else to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. But I am, and I bring to you His words of warning about having your heart far from Him while your lips and mouth draw near. We just sang four songs in this assembly of praise, of commitment to the Lord of glory. If your heart is wandering and your mind is daydreaming, you are in serious trouble. You cannot hide it from him. He knows every thought and intent of your heart. If you are thinking about anything outside this assembly, he knows it and he will have the last laugh. He will not overlook it. He wants our hearts. He wants our lives. He wants our hands and our feet. He wants our minds. He wants us to be single-minded and having pure hearts. Right. This warning in verses 7 and 8 of Matthew 15 comes to us from Isaiah 29. And let's read the version there so that you can see the full force of His warning. Isaiah 29 At verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men, therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people. Even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. We have verse 14 here. Jesus didn't quote that far. But here we have a judgment of warning that the wise men of Israel would have their wisdom taken from them, and the understanding of prudent men should be taken away because they approached Him with their lips... And their mouth, but their heart was far from me, and their fear was taught by the precept of men. They just went through the motions of fearing the Lord. And that is a warning about Christianity in the latter days, where the Apostle Paul wrote and said they shall have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. The authority of Jesus Christ is gone. They do not know much about the Jesus Christ that we thought about in the first service. They want Jesus Christ in a manger, on a cross, or at a door. They do not know him on a throne, with a scepter, with many crowns, and a sword. But that is the one the Bible describes for us. And his words to us are Do not worship me with your mouth, I am a great king. And you are a deceiver if you come and praise me and worship me and are just doing it outwardly with your mouth. I am a great king, and I deserve the best. Thou shalt love me with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And anything less than that is not good enough. And so we consider lip service. Notice here, the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, they sound like they love me. They sound like they reverence me. But their heart is far removed. They're daydreaming. They're dozing. The rest of their lives are more important than the house of the Lord and worshiping me. Therefore, I'll do a marvelous work and a wonder. I will destroy them. Our God is jealous. Right? We we get upset. When someone's insincere with us, if we find someone lying to us with terms of flattery or affection, it messes us up because we get jealous and upset. But God is far more jealous than we are, and He deserves far more affection than we can ever deserve. His name is jealous, and He will not give His glory to another, and He will not share our affection. Turn to Job 8. Turn to Job 8. Whatever we don't get through, in a few minutes, you can look at later. But let's look at a few. And I want you to hear the words of Jesus Christ over and over. The warnings of Scripture. Don't you dare just come and give me ear service, lip service, outward service, a form of godliness, without giving me your heart. And it's called hypocrisy. It's called being a hypocrite. It's called making professions of how much we love the Lord, but our lives and our heart and our passions do not measure up. Job 8, verse 11. I had great pleasure studying and reading some of these, and I hope that you will as well. Job 8, 11, but they're very sober. Can the rush grow up without mire? Can the flag grow without water? Whilst it is yet in his greenness, and not cut down, it withereth before any other herb. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a spider's web. Some of you have heard the sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, where Jonathan Edwards describes you being suspended over the pit of hell, the gaping mouth of hell, by the slender, th- the slender thread of a spider. And the great God has drawn His sword and has wet its edge to slash that slender strand that supports you over hell. But we don't have to go to Jonathan Edwards to find that language, do we? It's right here in Job and verse 11. Down through verse 14. Whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider's web. Every hypocrite. You can't be a hypocrite without having some knowledge of God. So every hypocrite knows about the Lord. And they comfort themselves saying, I will escape God's judgment. I can sit there and daydream and think about other things because He doesn't see me. He sees you. Every thought is naked and open under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. He won't judge me. There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. You can hire all the preachers you want to tell you that you look so good and God has come to bring you peace. But there is no peace. The Lord will not allow you to have peace if you are disobeying Him and not living from the heart. The religion of this Bible that you're professing with your mouth. Notice here that this hypocrite, the hope shall be cut off. And whose trust shall be a spider's web. They are trusting. This is another argument of a hypocrite. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. I'll go to the four hours that we assemble on Sundays. And yet I'll have my pleasure in the world. Oh, no man can serve two masters. For you're either going to love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve them both. And the Lord Jesus Christ will not accept it. You serving both. But yet we reason that way. And the Lord's trying to cut off our reasoning. A hypocrite's hope will be cut off and it's very short. And his trust shall be like a spider's web. Are you trusting in a spider's web today? Because you're trusting that you can escape while you sit here and hear all that we sing? pray, preach, and do, and you sing along with us, but your heart is not in worshiping the Lord, you're trusting in a spider's web. Chapter 13 of the book of Job, Job 13, I am nothing but Balaam's transportation to communicate to you the words of God. And this is what the high king of heaven has to say to you and to me. Job 13 verse 15, Job 13:15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation. For an hypocrite shall not come before him. We're familiar with verse 15. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Is that true? No matter what God does to you, if He rips away everything that you love, every everyone that you love, and leaves you alone and desolate in the world, and then He kills you, will you still trust in Him? Job said he would. Now Job, when he said that, meant it. Because he had had everything ripped away. And he was about to die. But look at what he says about the hypocrite in that 16th verse. A hypocrite shall not come before him. It's those that trust in Him that He'll be their salvation. Right. But those that are giving Him lip service and not living for Him when we go out of here, when we go out of here, it's going to be about 2 o'clock this afternoon. The average one of you is going to go to bed around 10 o'clock. You have eight hours between 2 and 10. How will you squander those hours? What will you say in those hours or do in those hours? How will you love and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us not be led away with the error of the wicked who think that Sunday's their day. It's the Lord's day. Let's give Him that day. Let's give Him our hearts right now. Let's walk out of here and serve Him. Job 17, verse 6. Job 17, and verse 6. He hath made me also a byword of the people, and a four I was as a tabret. Job, Job's situation had changed so drastically. He was now a byword. He was so poor and so miserable. And in a time past, he was like a pleasant song to them. He, was the, he lived in the lap of luxury and had a wonderful life. He hath made me also a byword of the people. And aforetime I was as a tabret. Mine eye also is dim by reason of sorrow and all My members are as a shadow. Upright men shall be astonished at this, and the innocent shall stir up himself against the hypocrite. The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. The innocent shall stir up himself against the hypocrite. There's two kinds of men here in this passage. There's the upright man. There is the righteous who shall hold on his way. He doesn't fall off it. He doesn't go in the ditch. He gets stronger and stronger by maintaining his way. But there is the hypocrite that the innocent shall stir himself up against. And the Lord will stir himself up against the hypocrite as well. Let's come to Job 20. Job chapter 20. Verse 4. Knowest thou not this of old? since man was placed upon earth? Job 20 and verse 4. Now verse 5. That the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment. Though His excellency mount up to the heavens, and His head reach unto the clouds, yet He shall perish forever like His own dung." They which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream, and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more. Neither shall his place any more behold him. He'll be gone. He'll be gone. We have come into this house this day. We have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have taken up His Word. We have taken up His songs of praise. We have assembled in prayer with brothers of like precious faith. If our hearts are not in it and our lives not matching this profession, we are in trouble. The High King of Heaven is speaking from His throne of glory. And these these are the things He says about hypocrites. Hypocrites, no matter how much joy they think they have, It's only for a moment. And every one of you that has ever played the hypocrite, you know exactly the truth of that statement. The joy is for a moment. He shall perish forever like his own dung. I don't care if that's politically correct or socially acceptable or not. It's the Word of God. And that's what the Lord thinks of hypocrites. And this is what the Bible tells us about them. And we have only touched a few. Job 27. Job 27. These are not my words. These are not the words of a dead textbook like all of you hear and read in college. These are the words of the living God. This is Jesus Christ telling you how He governs His kingdom. Job 27, verses 7-10. through 10. Let mine enemy be as the wicked. This is the worst thing that Job could say. And he that riseth up against me as the unrighteous. For what is the hope of the hypocrite? Though he hath gained, when God taketh away his soul, will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? Will he delight himself in the Almighty? Will he always call upon God? And we could keep on reading, but we, that's enough. Will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? No, because God's gonna take away his soul even if he has gained. You might gain for a while playing the life of a hypocrite. Psalm 50 tells us why. The Lord will allow you to get away with you sinning and pretending to be one of his for a while so that you will think He is a God like you. So that you will think, He thinks about me the way I think about me. But what He says in Psalm 50 is, You're wrong. And I will tear you in pieces because I don't think the way you think. I am a great king and I am dreadful before all the heathen. We should be giving Him, and we must give Him, the best that we have. We will have hours of this day left. And are we going to give Him those hours in obedience, guarding our hearts, guarding our lips, guarding our feet, loving the brethren, loving our families, fearing the Lord, craving His Word. And we could go on and keep on speaking of all the things that the Bible teaches us. But let us not come into this house and hear about the High King of Heaven. Hear about the death of a fool this week and go out of here and live... Close to being a fool. Because we've been given so much more than he was given. We have heard the joyful sound and the truth of God's Word. Look at Job 34. You say Job has a lot about the hypocrite. Well, you know why, don't you? Job's wicked friends called him a hypocrite and he wasn't one. But Job understood and they understood what God thought of hypocrites. And so we have many references to them. Job 34, verse 29. When He giveth quietness... I love this. I hope you love the Word of the Lord. This is speaking about the Lord. When He giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when He hideth His face, who then can behold Him? Whether it be done against a nation... Or against a man only, that the hypocrite reign not, lest the people be ensnared. God will expose hypocrites. I wrote you a proverb in the last couple of days about he that hateth dissembleth with his lips. Not all, it started out, not all your friends love you. Ooh, that was nasty. Not all your friends love you. Some of them are hiding hatred in their hearts. They don't come right out and say that they hate you. They don't come right out and tell you the evil ambitions they have towards you. But the Lord will expose them. Those verses go on to say that God knows the seven abominations that are in their hearts and will expose them. And here, the hypocrite is exposed, lest the people be ensnared. If a person were to sit in here and play the hypocrite forever, and get away with it forever... That would ensnare the people, because the people would think, well, then it doesn't matter how you live. Oh, but I read David saying, there is verily a reward for the righteous, and there is a reward for the wicked. God will punish the one, and there are differences that God makes all the time, has made, and is making in this assembly. And it will always be that way. Spiritual blessings from the inside, natural blessings from the outside. You will see it and witness. The Lord shall be magnified from the border of Israel. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 5. You will see the differences that God makes. Oh Lord, help us to be faithful to Thy Word. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 10, Isaiah the prophet speaking to Israel. And notice what God calls them. Isaiah 110, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of egoats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Isaiah 1, 10-15. God did not care about the sacrifices and offerings and oblations and prayers they were offering unto Him because He was sick of their lives. Their lives were not matching up to it, so they were an abomination to Him, even though they were His appointed feasts, His solemn days, His solemn assemblies and Sabbath days. Brethren, it is so easy to be a hypocrite. It is much easier to be a hypocrite than it is to be a saint. You default to hypocrisy. If you let down your guard and relax, if you try to have a fun, relaxed life in this world, you are a hypocrite. We are to be vigilant. We are in a warfare. We have to fight. And He's given us the tools by which to fight. It's a constant struggle. We have an enemy on the inside. We have an enemy on the outside. We have an enemy in the spirit world. And all three are combining to take us down. And they are content with you sitting in this church. The devil does not mind you being in this church. In fact, he prefers it as long as you live a hypocritical life. Because then you spot and stain the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you ensnare for a while those that are sitting around you thinking that it doesn't matter how you live. And it does matter how you live if you can hear these words from these various places. Turn to Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. This is not once or twice in the Bible. This is throughout both Testaments. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is coming and singing. It is coming and bowing your head. It is coming dressed up for church. But going out of here and having your mind tossed to and fro with all the little toys and bubbles of life. All they are is soap bubbles. They're all going to be dissolved and burned up with fervent heat and a great noise. We had that read to us. Isaiah 48, verse 1. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth, nor in righteousness. Oh, they swear. And remember, it is a good and a holy thing to swear. As the Lord liveth, I will do this or that. That's a good and holy thing as the Lord liveth, which swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. So we're making mention. Oh, we're swearing in the name of the Lord. We know there's no other God like Jehovah. We know that. But we're not doing it in truth and righteousness. Our lives have deceit and fraud in them. Our lives have hypocrisy. Lord have mercy upon us. Look at Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verse 8. God has divorced Israel and He's about to divorce Judah. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but feignedly, saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Treacherous Judah. Judah got to see what God did to Israel. Remember, Israel had twelve tribes. Ten of them were called Israel. Two of them were called Judah. There was a civil war in the nation, and they were divided for many years. God took the ten tribes into captivity by the Assyrians. And Judah saw it, and Judah knew why. Judah saw it and knew why. But Judah went ahead and lived the same hypocritical life and drew near, not with her whole heart, but feignedly. Oh, brethren, right now we need to be making a commitment with ourselves and the Lord. God the Holy Spirit knows your hearts. We need to be making a commitment right now. All my heart, all my desire, all my mind, all my strength, every habit in my life, everything is yours, O high King of heaven. Forgive me for ever playing the hypocrite. Lord, save me from that leaven, lest it devour my own life. And it is able to do that. If you give leaven a little entrance into a lump of dough, otherwise called your life, it will take you and your family down. I made it three pages and I have nine. Turn to Psalm 17, 1. And let's give ourselves an exhortation from the Word of God on what we should do. Psalm 17. Hear the right, verse one. Psalm 17:1. Hear the right, O Lord. Are you able to pray that way? Hear the right, because you are right. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Are you able to make that full prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips? Or are your lips sometimes opened and you say things about your love of the Lord and the Bible and the church, the truth, the gospel, the doctrine, but it's feigned. It's not really sincere because your heart is not fully connected with it. This is David's prayer, and it should be our prayer. Hear the right, O Lord, and attend unto my cry, and do not let me pray unto Thee with feigned lips. Psalm 145. Lip service. It's one of the marks of the perilous times. It's one of our greatest threats. We are not about to go under to baptism for the dead of the Mormons. We're not not about to go under to Saturday worship of the Seventh-day Adventists. We're not about to go under to infant baptism of the Presbyterians. Do you know what is constantly warring against us? Or do you know yourselves well enough? It is constantly carnal Christianity. It is coming in here and yet going out of here and just living for yourself. We have someone to live for. And it is the high King of heaven, not ourselves. Right. Psalm 145 and verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him. You think calling on Him upon Him is going to do you any good? To all that call upon Him in truth. What a difference that is. To all that call upon Him in truth. Lord, I know Your Word. And I am not sitting here calling upon you with anything in my life that I know of contrary to your word. That's some serious praying. See, serious praying is not how long you pray or how eloquently you pray. Serious praying is how righteous you are while you're praying. It is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. Psalm 86 and verse 11. Psalm 86 and verse 11. I have given this to you several times. To me it speaks this subject so directly. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Teach me thy way. When it says thy way, how many ways is that? One. When it says I will walk in thy truth, How many truths are there? One. Unite my heart to fear thy name. There's only one name we need to fear. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For we shall all give an account before Him when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus Christ will be given a judgment seat and we will stand before Him. And the Bible says we shall give an account of our lives. Unite my heart to fear thy name. My heart. How many hearts are being spoken of? One. One heart. How can you unite one heart? One. A thing that is one is already united. Oh no. We, we know, don't we? That our hearts pull us in two different directions because we have an old heart and we have a new heart. God, unite my heart to fear thy name. Lest I am double hearted lest I am double-minded. It tells us about the first church there in Jerusalem. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. That's a church full of the Holy Ghost. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved because they were Serving Him with single hearts. James chapter 4. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. I'll read it to you. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. If something's pure, it has no impurities in it. When we get to 24 karat gold, we have pure gold. If you have 22 carat, or 18 carat, or 14 carat, or 10 carat, 10 carat, let's not even call it gold. If you have a mixture like that, it isn't gold, it isn't pure. And so the Lord says to us, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, get our lives clean. I've preached this recently from James chapter 4, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. It is very easy for us to have multiple thoughts multiple goals in our hearts and we are to purify them by getting out every extra goal and passion and desire that our hearts have until there's one and that is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ the king of heaven with everything we have in our and to give him the very best draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you then he tells us how to do it how do you draw nigh to God is it just coming in here? no it isn't It's going out of here and changing our lives to match His Word. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. And that is our religion. The Lord Jesus Christ speaks to us this day from His Word. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. They draw near near to me. With their mouths. Their fear toward Me is taught by the precept of men. They come in and go through the motions that men teach. But their heart is far from Me. They seek Me daily. Jesus Christ is coming back. The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. What kind of a noise do you think that will be? Would that be a great noise? The Lord Jesus Christ is coming from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ are going to rise. He's going to burn this place up. Everything you've got in this world is going to be burned up and dissolved and all the elements are going to fall apart and melt. And He's going to overthrow it all and give us a new universe. Everything you've got is going away. And then we'll stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. There is nothing in the world that ever reminds you about this fact. But this is coming. This is true history about tomorrow. Because the Bible tells us. As soon as we go out of here, there isn't going to be a thing to remind us. Jesus Christ is coming and burning everything up. And any extra time that you waste chasing the little bubbles of this life, you are being a hypocrite in His sight. Because you are wasting your time chasing things that He has said He's going to burn up. That's why we had so many warnings that Brother Red read to us from Second Peter chapter 3, seeing then that all these things are going to be dissolved, what manner of conversation should you be having? What kind of a lifestyle should we have? It should all be dedicated to the Lord because that's all that's going to be left after this world's burned up is the Lord Jesus Christ. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Brethren, it is so easy to draw nigh to the Lord with our lips. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes, I do. Do you believe He's the High King of Heaven? Yes, I do. Did you love hearing about Jesus Christ being crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Yes, I do. And then you walk out of here and go live for yourself. I'm not your enemy. I'm representing a King that will not let you get away with that. Hear the warning this day. Search and examine your hearts and turn to the Lord with all your might. And let's purge and purify our hands and our hearts that when we come before Him, it's not just lip service. It's first and most of all, heart service. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word. Amen.